Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Zofia Renea Morales, and today we are going to talk about finding spirit in psychology. Uh, but before we go into that, I'm going to remind you that on Tuesday evenings, I run my Sacred Living Labs, and they happen at 6 p.m. on Tuesday evenings, and you can go to bit.ly, B-I-T slash spirit talks one if you would like to sign up and participate in this group it's only ten dollars to join us and you do all kinds of wonderful things around tuning into your intuition getting aligned with your spiritual counsel and other exciting things so come join us and we will see you there and back to today, today's guest is Victoria Shaw. She is a licensed professional counselor and spiritual coach who combines her background and training in psychology and counseling with her intuitive gifts to help clients grow, heal, and realize their full spiritual and personal potential. She takes a holistic approach to counseling, addressing clients' concerns on the body. <laughs> Madi, mind, body, and spiritual levels. She especially loves working with people who are committed to using their struggles and life experiences to fuel their own spiritual awakening. Victoria is the author of four self-help books for parents, children, and teens, the host of Intuitive Connection podcast, and the mother of two spirited now adult children. Welcome, Victoria. I'm so happy to have you here with me oh, this so morning. I was so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I love chatting with you. I know we kind of what we talked yesterday. Went, well, let's just do this thing, <laughs> <laughs> and so here we are. Woo! Yay! Yay! On the ride. So I like to dig into before with my guests, as we know on the show here. So what was your life like before you really surrendered to this more intuitive way of living? Um, wow. My life before was chaotic. I was always on an emotional roller coaster. I was completely overwhelmed. I'm an empath, but I didn't know what that was. So I was really uh, taking on all the feels of everyone around me, the feels of the world. I remember early into my journey working with the uh, energy healer. And she said to me, Victoria, you have all this angry energy in your legs. Like so much. I spent like an hour removing angry energy from your legs. But the thing is, is you don't know any of these people. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> it was mind blowing. You know, and, just and how, how, how did you, down I was. How, how did you respond to that? A, a lot of people hearing that it would be really super hard to compute. Um, you know, it, it really resonated. It made perfect sense to me as I started to understand that idea. And I started to understand just how porous and spongy I was and just how much I was taking on the weight of the world, rather than learning to, you know, walk on my own path and align with my own highest vibe and gifts. Yeah. And so yeah, it was, you know, it was people that know me before and after will say like, I don't know what, you know, people would say, I don't know what you've been doing, but keep doing it like completely, <laughs> you know, 180 change in my life. Uh, how were, how were people experiencing you before when you were in the overwhelm and, and sucking up everybody's problems and <laughs> pains? You know, I don't know. I, I got more feedback in the after, or at least I was able to compute it better. <laughs> um, you know, I think I've always been someone with a very kind heart. But I was so overwhelmed that I think sometimes it was even hard to be, you know, empathetic in the traditional way because I was just so weighted down from everything that, you know, you can be snippy, you can be overwhelmed, you can be like, leave me alone, you can be, you can't really tune into what's happening now with somebody else because, you know, all of the floodgates are open all the time. It's just too much. And that's how I experienced not just my empathy, but my intuition too. I realize now I was highly intuitive. But because I didn't have a handle on it, it was just basically like flooding all the time, all the channels, you know, like turning on all the channels of the TV at once. You're not yeah. going to be able to watch anything. 
Exactly. Let alone hear your own self think. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So tell me a little bit about your journey here. How did you come to this body worker who was able to give you so much wonderful insight? So for me, you know, I went through life. I was a high achiever. I, um, the focus for me was always doing really well in school. And I did that. And I got, I earned my doctorate at uh, 26, you know, from an Ivy League in psychology. And when I was on the track to be a high powered professor. And then I kind of realized that something was missing. I didn't love what I was doing. And I had recently gotten married. And I knew I wanted to start a family. So I said, you know what? This isn't really what I want to do. I'm going to figure out what I want to do later, but I'm going to take some time off and I'm going to start my family. And so, you know, I got pregnant with my daughter. And I think it was from my journey of being a parent that really was the biggest catalyst for change because as this overwhelmed parent, I wasn't showing up for my kids the way I wanted to be. And, you know, I took that parenting job very, very seriously. And I just didn't like who I was as a mom. I was overwhelmed. I was grouchy. I was disorganized. I just, I wasn't bringing what I thought was my full self to the table and I wanted to do better. And so I started, you know, for my kids pursuing a lot of self-healing work. And I was fortunate because um, I had a midwife for the birth of my daughter and she sent me to this pediatrician who was a little bit or maybe a lot of it out of the box. Yeah, now that now that you have more perspective, right? <laughs> yeah, you know. And at the time, you know, I chose him because you know, and I know you've had experience with the medical profession, profession, and it's an unfortunate truth that a lot of doctors are not trained to listen. Oh, and, sweet Jesus! Yes, yeah. And then many of them are trained to completely discount what they hear. Exactly. Yeah. And I went and I met with this guy and I was taking some medication at the time. I was taking ADD medication. I wasn't sure if I could breastfeed. And, you know, when I had this conversation with him, it was like, it was a conversation. Other doctors would just be like, we don't know, or it's a class this or that, or like, but they wouldn't think they wouldn't engage. And here he and I, we were having this conversation and I was like, I love this guy. He listens. I've never mm -hmm. had this at a doctor before. I'm yes. in. <laughs> And so that was really the hook. And he said some other things that I thought were a little bit out there, but I didn't care because I felt heard. And isn't that what we all need? Yes. And um, as I worked with him more and more, he just opened the door to more and more modalities and, you know, energy healers. And I remember early on, um, he sent me to an acupuncturist. And the acupuncturist was a student of uh, Carolyn Mice, and I never say her name right, but yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah. Okay, good. Yay. <laughs> and I didn't know about her. I didn't know about anything, but you know, he has me stick out my tongue and then he tells me all of this stuff about me. And I'm like, you got that from my tongue? <laughs> you know? oh, seriously? <laughs> I'm like, this is powerful stuff. And he's like, well, no, not really. And he was a little hedgy and he's like, read this book. And I got her book and, and I overwhelmed mom. I didn't really read it, but I realized now he was, you know, he was doing some intuitive mojo on me too. But there was just a, a bunch of, of interactions with, with different people that had these gifts and had these out of the box practices. And um, after a while, they kept telling me, you know, you're really intuitive. You know, you hear this stuff before I tell you, you know, like you need to do something about this. And it took me a couple of years, but finally I started to listen. And then when I did, that's when everything really changed. Ah, very interesting. So you said start to listen. What did you begin to listen to? Well, I started to listen to all the people telling me to listen to my intuition for sure <laughs> and do that journey. But yes, I also started to learn how to discern and listen to my inner guidance. And again, for me, a lot of the journey was, you know, learning to set energetic boundaries, learning to, um, you know, walk in my own vibration, learning in some ways to shut some of that extraneous intuitive information I was getting coming through down. Yeah. And and a lot of it too. And, and, that's, and it's interesting because, you know, when I did early classes, a lot of intuition development classes, right, are about turning up. Yes, yes. And, and, me, and many people need that. Right, exactly. Right. But yeah. 
I tend to attract the ones, I mean, I have those people too, but I often tend to attract the ones that don't, the ones who already have, you know, everything is firing. I've been turned on forever. I've been living in this noise forever and please Jesus make it stop so I can hear myself. Yes. Yeah. And And show me how to work with it because it's a gift, but it doesn't feel gifty when you don't, you know, it's like when you have like, no control over it, right? it's like <laughs> Superman not knowing how to use his cape and flying into everything, you know, it's, it's not fun. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I, I can relate to understanding what the noise is like, because I was shut down for so many years. I mean, like uh, near zero, I didn't turn off all my intuitiveness because I'm absolutely brilliant on like the standardized test. Because I can justify, oh, I probably heard that someplace. It's this one. Um, And that was like the only thing that I kept open. And then I had this sudden awakening and it's like all of the doors and windows got thrown open. All the channels of the TV came on and it's like, holy heck, what is going on here? (laughs) So I definitely feel you on that. So tell me about this watershed moment. I know you have a moment where things really started to shift for you. I did. So one of the um, practitioners that my pediatrician sent us to fairly early on was what I recognize now as a medical intuitive. And you would send her a sample of your saliva and she would douse over it. And she would give you answers like, you know, is this Lyme disease? You know, should your kid be getting off peanuts? you know, should we supplement with vitamin D, like all these kinds of things. She had a whole rubric that she would go through. And I didn't really know what she was doing exactly. She was really big on the fact this is science. I'm not psychic, but I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We used to call her the spit lady because like we used to have to, it was fun. Um, Anyway, and she uh, was doing a, a, reading or treatment on me. And she said, you know, I'm picking up that you have the loss of a beloved. And I remember what thinking, well, I I don't think you're getting that right. Cause like, you know, my husband's living, my kids are living, my parents are living. I don't know who else. Like I lost my grandfather when I was nine, but I don't think that's it. And she said, well, you know, it could be a part of yourself. And I was like, huh. And I really sat with that one for a minute. And I started to think about all those hopes and dreams, you know, that I'd left behind back before I, you know, went on that path to pursue my PhD. And um, I had big plans and I had big visions. And like, I think many people, you know, I followed the path that life had laid out for me and it, I thought I was going there, but it took me far, far away. And I kind of got lost. And I realized like, I wonder, you know, I don't really think I thought about it, but what happened is her solution to the loss of the beloved was for me to get an astrology reading. So another, another woo modality, but I was with it. It took me, oh, go ahead. Can I pause you for just one moment? Okay. I kind of want to go back to the loss of the beloved. And when she posited that it might've been a part of yourself if you remember back and you you feel into what that experience is, what was it in that that made you sit with it more? Describe what happened with that answer that made you go, this might be it. Well, I think part of it was probably the desire to please her, right? Like, because I wanted her to be right. Because she was right about the peanut allergies. Right. right. And more a matter of, you know, I think that I had uh, at that point in time, in particularly, I had what I often call good student complex. You know, you always want to please the teacher, please the doctor, please the practitioner. Like you want to make them happy. You don't always tune into you. So I think there was probably a little of that going on there. But I think in a deeper sense, too, it just resonated, you know, and sometimes something resonates, something, someone says something to you and you're like, I don't know why this makes sense. I'm not trying to figure out how it makes sense. I can look back and I understand what made sense at the time. I wasn't thinking about anything other than, yeah, I do feel kind of like I lost something of myself. Mm. Let me, let me go find that again. And when you say resonate, is that something that happens in your body, in your mind? How, how do you perceive resonate? Nowadays, you know, where my, all, of, all of the um, systems are firing more clearly, it's a, I feel into it. 
And so okay. it's, um, it's not so much in my body so much as I just, I can feel the energy of things. So I can just feel when something sets. So I know some people get the chills. I have a few body markers. The chills are not usually one of mine. Um, but often for me, my intuition feels, I can feel it kinesthetically. So I can feel a shift in the energy. For example, when someone comes into my office as a counselor and they're, oh, I'm the counselor as a client. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's, it's an important thing to define. Many of us have I mean, occasionally I'm the, the client and, and someone else is the counselor. I love that too, but that was not the example I was going for. <laughs> so someone will come into my office and, you know, they're venting and they're, they're, they're talking about something. And I don't know if you've, recognizes, but there's, there's a time when we release energy where we let something go by talking about it or sharing it or meditating on it. And there are times when we reinforce it. Yes. Exactly. For me, I've always been able to energetically feel the difference. It just feels different for me. So it's not in my body so much. I can just sense that shift of energy. And I think that that's, you know, what happened in that aha moment back when oh. um, this energy healer, you know, said to me, lots of a beloved self. I was just like, that, that makes sense. Aha. 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 There it is. I love it. So we're coming up on our first break already. And so I'm going to pause you and we will learn more about the astrology reading when we return from the break. For all of you out there joining us today, I would invite you to take a few minutes, get your pen and paper because you'll need it after, but During the break, I'd like you to take a few minutes and spend some time looking back over your experiences and identify how that resonance experience shows up for you in your life, because all of us have a little bit different experience of it, and it's important to understand what yours is. So hang with us, and we'll be right back from the break. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A dot com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's TellZofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here with the wonderful Victoria Shaw. And she was sharing a beautiful story before we went to break about how her uh, spit lady, I think is what you called her, (laughs) uh, had uh, identified that you'd lost a part of yourself and had offered you this solution of, you need to go get an astrology reading. So tell me about that. How did you receive that suggestion first? You know, I, like I said, I was, I was pretty ready to try anything. I don't think I had a lot of, um, I don't think my brain, you know, really thought over hard about what was going on or how these things worked, but I did have a kind of innate curiosity and I don't think I had a lot of barriers to trying different things. And, um, 
And I mean, I didn't know much about astrology other than, you know, what you see, you know, what we used to have the little readings in the magazines and the newspaper. And I liked yeah, the horoscopes. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I knew I was a Pisces. That was all I knew, but I was down with it. And so, you know, she gave me the two people to try, like two suggestions of people. And I called the first one because uh, she was local. And um, she did my chart, but for some reason we had to cancel like the appointment or she had to go away for like six months and then I was away. So whatever happened is it was probably a year, maybe two years, and we just didn't connect. Oh my goodness, setting yeah. appointments and resetting appointments. <laughs> exactly. It's, that, it was just a strange kind of Yeah. Um, and and when I see that, that's usually your soul, right? Going, you know what, this isn't really the right one. <laughs> right. Or the right time. <laughs> the right time. Or, yes. So then I guess um I went back to the spit lady and she's like, you know, this is still coming up. Have you dealt with this yet? And she gave me the name of the second person again, who I contacted, um, who turned out to be an amazing connection. I worked with her as a coach for three years after that. Um, and she was really pivotal in my growth and development. But she gave me this reading that was miraculous. And I still have it on a little old cassette tape. And I still keep a cassette tape player around because sometimes it's fun to listen to it. <laughs> um, but she basically told me my life, like all of the hopes and dreams and all the things that I had imagined, you know, when I was a child and when I was a young adolescent, before I sort of lost my way, she gave all that back to me. And she said, you know, this is, this is who you are. This is what you're here to do. And this is in the stars for you. And I was like, what? And so she really gave that back. She re really reconnected me with all of my hopes and dreams. And it was through that process you know, that I realized even more strongly that I had these intuitive gifts and that I needed to use them. And also that I ha really had this longing, which I still have, and I still use to, um, you know, bring things together. I'm somebody who I can look at a psychology study and understand not just the nuts and bolts of what's happening in that, but how it relates to everything else in the world. Mm. And, you know, I'm a global thinker and I make, um, comparisons between things. And I really think that it's, it's relatively easy for me to bridge the gap between science and spirituality. It makes sense to me. It's always made sense to me. It's just that, you know, for a lot of years when I was doing the science thing, stuff that would make sense to me wouldn't make sense to every, anyone else. And so like that box didn't fit anymore. But I really feel a lot of my calling and a lot of my work is to bridge these gaps. And to, you know, help people understand that, you know, it's just a different way of looking at the same thing. Yeah, exactly. I know a lot of times as we go through these journeys, we have these moments where we get hung up. And one that I struggled with, and one that many, I see many of my, my clients struggle with, is as they're going into their intuition, as they're stepping more into this world that we call woo sometimes, um, there can be a conflict or a resistance that comes from the ego around, well, well, I'm a renowned fill-in-the-blank, you know, scientist, academic, doctor, you know, whatever the thing is that you are. Um, but I'm going into this, like, soft space that, that my rational peers may or may not understand. I know you were an Ivy League trained psychologist, not just psychologist, but research psychologist. Uh, how did you how did you deal with the woo in comparison to this like high powered career, or did you not? Did you just pitch it all over? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a couple of things. One, I sort of left parts of that career behind already. Two, I was really blessed that I think every step of the way, whether I realized it or not, my gift has always been my intuition and my ability to see the big picture and to make connections intuitively between things. And I think my intellect and my intuition, like when I'm really in my creative best are the same darn thing. And they always have been. I just didn't know it. Yeah. And, you know, more and more, the academic world was asking me to do things that was not speaking to this skill set, um, but I did it enough. And my advisor that I worked with, so when you are um, pursuing a PhD in a research kind of 
setting. kind of jam. Yeah. You usually work under one person in a lab. And my advisor was very intuitive and, and he had language around it. And he was a musician originally. He was also very analytical. He studied deductive reasoning. So yeah, he had that, <laughs> you, he had that going too. You, you've got to have really strong. <laughs> yeah, that was like his that. claim to yeah. fame, but, but he was very intuitive in the way that he practiced. And, and he always used to say like, you know, whenever we get into a hard topic, he'd always be like, or a conundrum, he'd be like, yeah, that's one to like, you know, think about in the bath. He was um, British. So mm. that's hence the <laughs> accent. But, you know, he meant like, that's one to ponder. That's one for your intuition. And so I had that in the back of my mind anyway. But for me, once I started to really, you know, take this journey into my intuition and see how much, how powerful it was, realize that, you know, in any ever anything went really well in my life, looking back all the way till childhood, it was my intuition. Um, it was very validating. And I just, it was very easy to follow the breadcrumbs of the intuition because they were leading me into, it was just leading me into a better and better life. So I didn't have a lot of that confusion. There were times when I thought, you know, I'm talking to spirit guides, am I losing my mind? <laughs> yes. You know, but then I thought, I, I was but really giving me great information. So even <laughs> I, if I'm I losing was... my mind, I like this mind better. Exactly. Yeah. The first three or four months, I was a little concerned that someone would call the guys with the white coats and right. the brown sleeves to take me away. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm a psychologist and a counselor, right? Who talks to spirit. So, <laughs> but I'm cool with it. I, I have a question for you because I ponder this a lot. My sister has been diagnosed with... Um, well, they started with bipolar and they moved into schizophrenia, which is the, you know, flat out hearing voices. Right. What, what is the difference for you between hearing your spirit guides and, and being on this woo path and the wheels have come off and you're in a legitimate break from reality? Such a beautiful, beautiful question. I did a whole podcast episode on this because I think it's so important. First of all, I think the biggest test, wh whether something's quote unquote mental illness, and I don't love that word, but I use it because people know what it means. Um, and, you know, intuition is that if it is helping you live a better life, mm -hmm. if you are happier, if you are more functional, if things are fantastic, then go with it. But a lot of times people that have a mental illness, right, they may even be hearing voices, they might be seeing things, and those things might be energetically real, but they're not organized, they're not able to take advantage of it. And it's not helping them fu function and cope. It's not giving them, you know, more strength, power, ease and joy in their lives. And I think that's where, you know, we have a problem. And, you know, I was invited not so long ago to participate in a study at Yale. And the study is, and I, I haven't been debriefed yet, so I don't know all the details, but being a psychologist myself, I can kind of guess that um, they, they wanted to, they have people that um, hear voices who are clear audience, like myself. Mm -hmm. And then they also have people that hear voices with a diagnosis of schizophrenia. And, you know, there's been a bunch of rounds that I participated in of questions and answers where they want to have a rubric for understanding the difference. Oh, and I love that. It's amazing. So many people, especially the ones who are powerfully clairaudient, can accidentally end up in the wrong box. Right, exactly, yeah. if you don't know what's happening. And I think their hypothesis, and again, I haven't been debriefed, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty smart, is that you know how much control you have over it, right? Mm. So if you feel those voices are controlling you, if you can't turn them off, if they're telling you what to do, that's more on the lines of a thought disorder. But, you know, if you are, if your guides are, are, if you're in control of it, if you're talking to them, if you're using their information with your free will, if you're able to turn it on and turn it off and you feel like you're in control, that's a more healthy way of making that connection. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the thing that I've noticed um, in my own experience, like working with my guides and, you know, on this journey with my sister uh, is in my experience, the things that I'm asked to do or that are suggested to me um, are things that better my life and better other people's lives. And they're, they're, they come from a happy, peaceful place. Yes. Whereas when 
she's deep down the rabbit hole. Uh, the things that she's asked to do are, are paranoid and avoidance of things and very fear-based. Right. And so I, I see this difference in emotional energy around it. Yeah, that I think makes, that makes sense. perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, and I'll see that even people that don't have a psychosis or a thought disorder, right? Uh, everyone sometimes wants to know what's the difference between my mind and my intuition, or people ask me, how do I know if it's fear or intuition? And it's the same yeah. answer, right? Even when your intuition is giving you information that your ego might not like, or that you might interpret as bad. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. It's usually clear. <laughs> It's clear and calm and and I mean I've had, you know, insights sometimes that someone was gonna pass. Yeah. And, you know, it was always because that information was helpful in in managing, you know, um it was it was helpful information. Yeah, yeah, but it was never like, oh my God, oh my god, oh my god. It was always clear, calm, loving. Like um, I remember my husband is French and we were uh, traveling with the family to visit his family in in France, and we were visiting with his aunt outside of the city. And he's very close with his aunt, and we were gonna get go back early to beat the traffic. And something in my head said, No, you know, this is gonna be the last time you all see her and spend some time with her. And I think my husband had the same intuition because I kind of didn't have to explain why I think I thought we should say stay. And it turned out, yeah, that she passed away before we got back again with the family. And, you know, I'm so grateful for these moments, but it wasn't scary. It wasn't, it was just, Hey, you know, tapping me on the shoulder saying, look here right now, do this. You're going to, you're going to thank me later. Yeah. Linger over this right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's beautiful. That is lovely. So I know sometimes there can be a struggle between inner wisdom and your ego mind. Uh, especially in those situations like where, oh, there's this plan, right? My my mind gets really attached to the plan. There's this plan. And my husband, in fact, will cringe when I say I, those words, I have a plan. <laughs> so, oh, no, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> She's on a warpath. <laughs> uh, how, do, how do you work with that? Do you experience any of the tension between the, the planning ego mind and the intuition? I just try as much as I can to let it go. And I recognize that when I'm anxious and when I'm pushing and when, right, um, I can do that. I can choose to do that if I want, but it will cause me some amount of discomfort and pain. And when I can really let go, then things just move more smoothly. And, you know, I can kind of stand back and watch them unfold and participate loosely, but it's just, it's a way easier process. Mm. And, and how, oh, how do you recognize the ego mind and the, the pushing when it shows up for you? You know, whenever I'm really uncomfortable or in pain or trying to push the river or things are not flowing the way they want, I know my mind is, is acting up, that it's there, that I'm, I'm hanging there. And then I just try to be kind to myself because I am still very much human as we all are. And, you know, so I try to do two things. One, sort of recognize what's going on. And then two just, you know, say a little prayer of surrender and say, hey, um, higher self, can you just uh, tap me on the shoulder here and help me help me find that other way? And usually, um, you know, I get there pretty quick. (laughs) I love that. So uh, share your little prayer with us. A lot of people think prayers need to be these complicated things. What does yours sound like? Oh, I don't know if I have like a formal prayer. I just ask to surrender. I ask to let go. Um, Sometimes I'll ask my guides to show me. And more and more now, I just feel uh, called to be really kind to myself. You know, I spend a lot of time, especially during all this kind of crazy chaotic times and having some chaotic stuff going on right now in my own personal life. I just spend a lot of time, uh, you know, sweet talking myself and Mm. being kind and saying, it's okay. You're doing great. I love you. We got this you know, hang in there. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't think we look how far you've come, baby. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I think that, you know, a lot of times when we have, especially people that consider themselves quote unquote spiritual, right. When we get all human and gunky, we get mad at ourselves Mm. and, you know, Mm. like, well, you shouldn't be feeling anxious right now. Cause you know that like, you know, spirit has a plan. Well, hello, we're human. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there is this myth in spirituality that it's like, well, you shouldn't have any of these low emotions anymore. It's like, no, we're human beings. There's a reason for all of these quote unquote ugly emotions. Yeah. And I'm a counselor. So, and I work with a lot of kids. And one of the first thing I teach kids, there's no bad feelings. We get all the feelings. It's your orientation to the feelings. It's how you soothe yourself through the feelings. It's learning to sit with the feelings. It's learning not to feed the feelings or think that you are the feelings. All these things are important, but I think really the deeper purpose in life, not to get too philosophical, but is to bear witness to your humanity Mm -hmm. and to bear witness, you know, in a loving kind and equanimous, I think that's a word way. Yeah, I don't remember how equanimity. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that uh, either. <laughs> neutral, non-judging yeah, way. How's exactly. That? And you know, when we can do that, even if it's just for an instant, that's where and you know things change and shift, and we grow, and we we bring our true spiritual selves into this human experience, which is, I think, you know, the name of the game and what we're here to learn to do. That is beautiful. Well, we've come up on our next break already. Wow! Uh, thank you for joining us here today. I'd like to invite you to um, spend some time with how you've been treating yourself recently. Have you been compassionate to yourself? Have you given yourself an girl or a go, go guy uh, kind of speech? How are, how are you treating yourself when times are tough and maybe you're a little disappointed in how you're performing or what's happening in your life? And uh, hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827. And let me know, how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you, and go out and live soul first. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales. I'm here with Victoria Shaw. And I hope you really did take the time to spend some time reflecting on how you've been treating yourself because there's only one you and you deserve so much better. I can categorically say that because I know how badly I talk to myself. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're even half as nice to yourself as I am, you're still being too hard on yourself. So I hope you did spend some time with that and Spend some time encouraging yourself. I know when I'm giving myself a rough time, it helps to, in, to kind of step back from that conversation and envision myself as like this really enthusiastic three-year-old child who just doesn't quite have it yet. And to talk to myself the way I would approach that young child 
instead of beating up on myself, which is what, what my inner voice has this predisposition to do. Love so that. do you have any hints for, for being more compassionate with yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us, you know, first of all, our society doesn't teach us to be compassionate with ourselves. Many people have learned that it's actually helpful to be unkind to yourself, right? And to push yourself and to be critical of yourself because being critical will, you know, get you ahead. Mm. Um, so we have to undo some of that conditioning. And I think a lot of people also haven't learned that it's safe to be kind to yourself, that it's oh. okay. Oh right? my goodness. So what might happen? What what do we tend to fear might happen? Because you talk to a lot of people. What do we, we do. fear might happen if we're kind to ourselves? Uh, we might not be motivated to do anything. Ooh. Um, right? Because a lot of people have learned that that, you know, I've got to crack the whip to motivate myself to do anything. It usually doesn't work because at some point we feel bad, right? So look at someone who like say is trying to lose weight right? I have to shame myself into losing weight. It doesn't work. You usually gain more weight or you go on a diet from shaming yourself and not feeling good about yourself and punishing yourself. And then eventually you feel so bad that you start overeating. You comfort eat. Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So it doesn't usually work. And even when it does work in the short term, we're miserable. So that doesn't work. You know, it's not your job in life to be miserable, quite the opposite. We're here to thrive and be happy and joyful and enjoy our lives. But um, not most of us didn't get that memo. Mm. And I mm. also think sometimes, you know, I've worked with people that have difficulty being kind to themselves because they grew up in family situations that where people were very, very critical. And mm-hmm. so they're always afraid if I get too comfortable, if I'm too kind to myself, if I have love and joy in my heart, someone else is going to come and they're going to chop it down. They're going to chop me, you know, cut me off the knees and say, uh-uh-uh, girl, like, don't you be thinking about yourself like that. Yeah, and so, who do you think you are to be putting yourself first and taking care of yourself? Right, yeah, <laughs> or, you know, caring about yourself at all. So I think some of us have that conditioning as well or conditioning around, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who feel like, you know, if I say or think something good about myself, I'm conceited, right? Like it's not, oh, it's not yes. okay to praise yourself and feel good about yourself. There's, and there's nothing wrong with that. We should, we should, you know, take great joy in everything about our beautiful yes. selves. We are spirits in human form. We are miraculous, but we've oh, yes. been taught, you know, quite the opposite. Yeah. And when you mentioned that, it brought back this moment from my childhood, right? I've always had like this straw straight hair. And it's only in recent years that it's shifted to have a little bit of body so I can get some curl. And I can remember being quite young and my mom had put curlers in my hair the night before. This is like the first time I've ever done that. And I didn't sleep very well because lumpy curlers in your hair. And we got the curlers out and I looked at myself and it's like, oh, wow, look at the little ringlets, right? And never seen myself this way before. And I walked by the toaster in the the kitchen. This is back when you had the shiny uh, metal toasters. And I, I, I caught a glimpse of, of the ringlets and I'm just like fascinated with the ringlets and my mom's going, don't get vain. Right. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just being fascinated with the fact that it's ringlets instead of this straight. <laughs> you were fascinated by the fact that you were beautiful and you were seeing the beauty in yes. you and the beauty in life. And, and it was a beautiful thing. And unfortunately, the adults in your world did not know how to hold that for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So how, how do we shift out of these things? Well, we have to be kind to ourselves. We have to recognize where those limits are. And for some people, you have to start really small because there might be some resistance and there might be some pushback. And it's also coming through for me to say, um, this is an important one too, is that don't judge yourself for judging yourself because that in fact is still judging yourself, right? And sometimes we do that too. We're like, oh my God, I'm so hard on myself. I'm I'm such a jerk. I'm like, wait, no, wrong. Easy, I mean, not easy. wrong. Not yeah, but you're, you're being hard on yourself for so, being hard on right. yourself. <laughs> yeah, wherever you can start being kind counts and matters and is perfect. And even if you just get it for a second and then it's gone, you know, shifting those patterns can sometimes be instantaneous and sometimes it can be a little slower 
but wherever you start will have lasting change. It really will. Exactly. I remember a story that a coach told me several years ago. It was earlier on my journey. And I'm like, oh, God, here I am again. She says, it's like this. It's like you're walking down the road and you don't know what a hole is initially, right? And you fall into it and it's really disconcerting and it takes a long time to figure out what's happened and to get yourself back out of the hole, right? And then you're walking down the street and you see the hole, but it hasn't really quite computed yet. And you end up back in the hole and you get back out a little bit faster this time, but it was still jarring to have it happen. She says, but eventually you come to recognize what a hole is and you walk around it. Yeah, so, that's, yeah. that's a beautiful summary of how life works. <laughs> and, you know, it, it does. It gets faster. You recognize it earlier. Uh, and you more often don't fall back in it. Exactly. And if you do fall in and you start beating yourself up, it is harder to get back up because you just beat yourself up and you're going to be hurting even more. So yeah. again, when we find ourselves in the hole, that's fine. That's life. There you go. And, and just be kind and know that the next time, you know, you, you'll get another opportunities not to fall or to fall, you know, a little bit less. Yeah, exactly. I like that. So let's see. Hmm. Tell us a little bit about how your work unfolded now that you've, you've dialed into your intuition. What is it you're doing now? I know it's not psychology research. Right. It definitely isn't. So for me, once I dialed into the intuition, the intuition showed me what, where my gifts were and what I needed to do. And I, you know, I've always had this ability. I didn't realize it at the time, but I've always had it to read people and get a real quick read on people. I don't need to know you. I just need to know your name. And I mean, I wrote all these books in, I wrote all these books. I remember writing papers in high school. I wrote one on Dante's Inferno. I wrote one on Franz Kafka and I got so much praise for these papers, but I realized I was just reading the author's you know, and, and I was just reading them and, and it was a great Not, analysis. You, you did I could literally, in. yeah, I you literally, did literally yeah. read the book, but you also read the author. I read the author. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, it was, it was, it was a psychological analysis, I guess, is the way it was perceived by my teachers. But for me, it was just natural. Um, so that's real helpful as a counselor, because, you know, I can often hear what people are, um, not quite saying, but when they hear it, they're like, oh yeah. And, you know, I think that that's a gift that anyone who does any kind of healing work well, you know, has, particularly if you're in the psychotherapy kind of biz, but, um, but that was just something that came naturally to me. And I felt like a lot of the information that came through when I received guidance, I would often be shown, you know, the point in time when, you know, this, this, patterns first emerged. So I'd be like, yeah, I see you sitting in your kitchen, you know, in your high chair and you're three years old and what was going on then. So all of the kind of information that came through made me think, Hey, I kind of seems like I'm doing counseling here. And because I was already always an academic psychologist. And because I think too, I did have a little bit of that bias towards, Mm -hmm. you know, at the time, I don't think I see it this way anymore. But at the time I felt like I got to like have a license. I got to ground this in something. Um, I went back and I got my master's of counseling and so glad I did that because I got a skill set and a framework for kind of, you know, a set of tools that I absolutely use intuitively in my work. Um, And and what an amazing gift to be able to like access the root of the problem for your client, because I find a lot of the times when people are are spinning their wheels and they're unable to resolve something. It's because they haven't gone deep enough on the problem. They haven't gotten back to the root of the problem, the origin of the problem, because that's where when you unravel it, the rest of the sweater follows. Absolutely. And the thing about intuition is it does it in a really, really elegant way. You know, rather than sort of using our brain where we tell ourselves a story about ourselves and, you yeah, know, we, and I have we, to dig back and remember. Right. Yeah. The intuition just gives you the moment. It just gives you what you need to know, how you need to know it, and then the tools you need to unravel or re-ravel or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love exactly. the metaphor. But it gives you the tools you need to move forward. I and, like that. Um, 
Now, you oh. did bring a gift with you today. I did. I did. What is the gift that you brought with you? It is my what is your spiritual superpower quiz? Because, Ooh. yeah, because it's my understanding that we are all spiritual beings having a human experience. And as such, we all come to the table with our own unique spiritual gifts. And so all of the all of the spiritual superpowers that you can discover in the quiz are things that we all have, like intuition. Um, but these help you to sort of discern where where your your innate natural strengths lie, and, and some that. things that you can do to work with those those and, natural proclivities. And, and I love how spirit brings us around to like really similar names because I'm just wrapping up a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I've released out into the world that's called, what's your number one spiritual superpower? Uh-oh. <laughs> there you go. I love that. So if you would like to take Victoria's quiz, you can go out to sovereignself.media and uh, discover her take on your superpowers and your intuitive abilities. Um, let's see, what else do we need to talk about today? I think that's that's most of it. And I would encourage you, if you resonate at all with Victoria and her story, to definitely go out and take her quiz, connect with her, and explore that resonance. A lot of times we go, oh, that'd be, be awesome. I really resonate with this person, but she's this amazing, like, highly educated Ivy League author person. I could never connect with her. No, we're, we're all human beings. <laughs> Yes, and you'll find that she is wonderful and accessible and delightful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I always have so much fun talking to you. Ah, so do I. It's such a blast. I love doing this show. And thank you all out there in listener land for joining us as well, because I do this for you, and I can't do this without you. And I'd like to encourage you, if you have a, someone that I should be bringing on as a guest, if you have a question you'd like to see answered or explored, just shoot me an email, askzofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at transformationspace.co, because I love to hear from my listeners. And even if you just want to say, I love your show, I, I'd, I'd love to hear that too. So thank you for joining us. And until next time, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week right here 